I invite you to open up your bulletin and, and turn to the, the sermon notes section in your bulletin. If, if you want to take notes, you don't have to. I'm not forcing anybody to. Uh, and some, for some people, it helps you to focus. For others, you just, it just causes you distraction. So do whatever you feel like you need to do. I will note at the bottom of that page is uh, our website for where this sermon and all my other sermons are online. So if, uh, if you miss something or if you want to share it, feel free to go there um, and uh, check it out. Today we're going to be looking at James and at what James has to say about how to manage your mouth. We love to talk. We love to talk. There are talk shows everywhere. Everybody seems to have something to say. Uh, and when I say talk, we also love to type. We also love to share and comment and uh, online and so uh, that's included in, in when we talk about how to manage our mouth. The average American has 30 conversations a day, and you'll spend one-fifth of your life talking. In one year, your conversations will fill 66 books of 800 pages a book. However, some of us are born with a, uh, let's call it a silver foot in, in our mouths. We have this natural ability to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. Nothing is opened uh, more wrongly at the wrong time than the mouth. It's like the, you've heard the story, the stock boy at the grocery store, a lady asked him, can I buy a half a head of lettuce? He walked back to the manager to ask, not realizing the lady followed him back there with him. He said, you're not going to believe this. There's this old bag out here that wants to buy half a head of lettuce. Turns around. Saw her standing there, and this lady wants to buy the other half. <laughs> Our mouths get us in a lot of trouble. James talks more about the tongue than anybody else in the New Testament. Every chapter in the book of James says something about managing your mouth. Verse 2 of our passage, he says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. James says, if you can control your mouth, you're perfect. Now, he's not talking about being sinless. The word perfect in Greek literally means mature, healthy. When you go to the doctor and say, I'm not feeling well, what's the first thing they do? They ask you to stick out your tongue, Right? Your tongue reveals what's going on inside of you, not just physically, but spiritually as well. James says that you've got to learn to manage your mouth. You've got to learn to tame your tongue. You've got to get your tongue under control. So why? Why, why do I got to do that? It's, it's only words. You know, I'm just kidding around. What's... James says words are significant. So here's some reasons why you need to manage your mouth. My tongue, your tongue, directs where I go. My tongue directs where I go. It has tremendous influence and control over my life and your life. Where are you headed in life? Where are you going to be 10 years from now? Look at your conversations. What do you talk about? What do you talk about the most? You know, we shape our words, but then our words shape us. James says the tongue is small, it's tiny, and because it's tiny, we think it's insignificant. We don't think it's important, but it has tremendous power. Verse 3, he says, consider a bit in a horse's mouth. 
got a huge stallion, two, 3,000 pounds, and you got a 95-pound jockey on its back. The jockey can control the tremendous mighty horse by a little piece of metal stuck strategically over the horse's tongue. Likewise, your tongue controls the direction of your life, wherever you want to go. And a little bit of a word or a phrase can influence the total direction of your life. Then he says, consider a ship. I know a lot of you have been on a cruise ship, you've been on cruises. Most of these cruise ships, they have acres of recreation space on a ship. Their anchors are equal to the weight of 10 cars. Yet a relatively small rudder directs this huge ocean liner out in the middle of the waves and the sea. A little rudder keeps it on course. Our tongue is like that. Our tongue's like a rudder that steers us. He says they, they are steered, our tongues are steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot wants to go. My tongue directs where I go. Your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. It's the guidance system. If you don't like the way you're headed right now, I challenge you to think about the way you talk and to change the way you speak. The words that you say. James says that my tongue directs where I go, so I've got to learn to control it. He also says that my tongue can destroy what I have. My tongue, your tongue, can destroy what we have. James gives another illustration. Now I want you to imagine a beautiful forest. Tall, beautiful trees everywhere. Some of you have got some beautiful property. Acres and just filled with trees and forest. Now imagine that in, in, in a minute, it all goes up in a blaze. It's gone, completely destroyed instantly with a small, tiny match. As they say, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. About two or three years ago, uh, there was one fire among other fires that got started in California, just north of Sacramento. It started on a Saturday about 1.30 p.m. their time. By 4 p.m., the fire had grown from 50 acres to 400 acres. Nearly three hours later, it had grown to 10,000 acres. By 10.30 p.m., local time, the fire swelled to 25,000 acres, or 39 square miles. It only takes a spark. James says that your tongue can destroy like that. You can lose it all. A careless camper can destroy an entire national forest overnight, and a careless word can destroy a life just like that. Thousands of lives. Gossip is like a fire. It spreads quickly, and it wreaks havoc. I wonder how many people, because of a careless word, have destroyed their marriage or a career or their reputation, or the reputation of others, perhaps their church, or a friendship. The, the tongue not only has the power to direct where you go, but it also has the power to destroy what you have. It's like a fire. You ever met a verbal arsonist? Every word they speak is inflammatory. James says that words like a fire can burn people. Why do you think they call it a roast? 
You know, when celebrities get up and they, 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 they roast another celebrity? Because you can burn people with what you say. Nowadays, people call it getting burned. I burned you. That's, that's what they say. I don't know. It's when, when you make a dig at someone else. Fire and words under control, listen, can give tremendous warmth and light. But fire and words out of control can be devastating. It can destroy miles and miles of homes and lands and peoples. James 3, 6, it sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. Those are some strong words. He's saying that words here can have a chain reaction. You can say something that you didn't mean to to say, that didn't mean to have any harm, but it can have devastating effects that are beyond your control. I mean, think about it on a personal level. You come home from work, and and you're tired, and you're grumpy, and you're cranky. None of us ever have come home that way, right? The husband walks in, or the wife walks in, they yells at the spouse. The spouse yells at the oldest kid. The oldest kid yells at the babysitter, and the babysitter, you know, goes out and kicks the dog, and the dog bites the cat. Cat comes in, scratches the baby. The baby tears the baby doll's head off. And I mean, what if the what if what if the spouse had just come home and ripped the baby doll head off? I mean, just gotten over with. Chain reaction, the course of hell, set on fire by hell itself. Couple comes in for marriage counseling. I said this, and she said that, and then I said that. Then what happened? All hell broke loose. Our words can cause all hell to break loose. James says you got to learn to manage your mouth. Not only because it can direct where you go, but it can destroy what you have. You can lose your family. You can lose your kids, your career, simply by what you say. It's like a fire. And then he says, my tongue displays who I am. Your tongue displays who you are. It reveals our character. It tells what's really inside of me. First, James points out how inconsistent we are in our speech. He says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings. In case we weren't sure who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing my brothers and sisters. This should not be. We say things out of the same mouth. I mean, listen, we come to church on Sunday. That's the highest use of your mouth is praise and thanksgiving to God. That's the highest use of your mouth. We sing praises to the Lord, and guess what? We walk out, we get into the car, and we start arguing about where we're going for lunch. Isn't it amazing how quickly our attitude can change? In one minute, you're saying, praise the Lord. And the next minute, shut up. (laughs) We're going to Beverick. Stop it. (laughs) The tongue is a strange contradiction. It's so inconsistent. It's amazing how quickly it can change. One minute, we're praising God. The next minute, we're cursing people. And cursing here doesn't necessarily mean profanity, although I'm sure that's included. But it means any kind of put down, any label. You good for nothing. You'll never amount to nothing. You're just like. 
any kind of put down as a curse. He says, why curse men? They're made in the image of God. I mean, this, this troubles me greatly. I think, how is it possible that we can be loving to people loving to people that we love, our kids, our, our wives, our husbands, and the next moment we can be harsh and cold and mean to them. How is that possible? How is it possible that in one minute be talking to my kids in this gentle, loving tone, and the next minute I'm just, None of you ever experienced that. I like throwing y'all under the bus with me. You can't tell. But, but with my words, I hurt them. I'm saying things that, that could potentially damage their self-esteem. How is that? I grieve over that. And I find myself asking forgiveness a lot to my family, kids, my spouse. Do you struggle with an inconsistent tongue? James says we all have it. We speak lovingly in one breath and then lash out in the next. What gives? What's the problem? Why do we do that? James gives the answer in verses 11 and 12. He says, consider the source. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The point is, whatever is in the well comes out in the water. Whatever's in the well comes out in the water. Whatever's in the tree comes out in the fruit. What's the likelihood of an apple tree producing cherries? Silch, none. My problem, perhaps your problem, is not my tongue. My problem is my heart. What's inside is what comes out. My mouth eventually betrays what's really on the inside of me. I can fool you and pretend, but eventually my tongue is going to catch me. It's going to let you know what's really inside. You ever heard this excuse? Somebody, you know, someone says something really mean or hurtful, and they say, I don't know. I don't know what got into me. It's not like that. It's not like me to say that. I, I don't know why I said that. It's totally out of character. I didn't really mean it. James would said, yes, it is. It's just like you. You meant it. Quit kidding yourself. What's inside is going to come out. You don't have a spring that one minute gives salt water and the next gives fresh water. That's inconsistent. It's a natural law. What comes out of the well is what is inside of it. Jesus said, uh, Matthew 12, he said, For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Jesus explained the Freudian slip years before Freud ever existed. He said, What's inside of you is what's going to come out. My tongue just displays what I am, who I am. It directs where I go. It can destroy what I have. But most of all, it simply displays what I am. It reveals my character. If you've got a problem with your tongue, it's much more serious than you might think. You have a heart problem. A person with a harsh tongue 
has an angry heart. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who is critical all the time has a bitter heart. On the other hand, a person who is always encouraging has a happy heart. A person who speaks gently has a loving heart. And a person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. So if we've got this heart problem, what's the solution? Well, duh, get a new heart. Get a new heart. You've got to get a new heart. That's the problem. Ezekiel says, rid yourself of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Painting the outside of the pump doesn't make any difference to what comes out of the pump. I can change the outside. I can turn a new leaf. But what I really need is a new life. What I need is a fresh start. I need to let go of all the past and be born again and start over. I need to get a new heart. How do I get a new heart? 2 Corinthians 5 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new person. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New life, new heart, new spirit. When you come to Jesus, he wipes out everything you've done in the past. He says, you're starting over. It's like being born again. You get a new heart. We need to pray like David prayed in Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Because what's in my heart is going to come out of my mouth. And so you need to get a new heart, and then you need to ask God for help every day. James says that, I mean, listen, we've tamed every beast. We've tamed every animal. But the one thing that we have not tamed and cannot be tamed is the tongue. Well, how, well then how do we do it? Well, we, we don't. God does. We ask God for help, and we ask God for help Every single day. We need supernatural power to control our tongues. You cannot do it on your own. And the last thing is to simply think before you speak. Engage your mind before you put your mouth in gear. Engage your mind before you put your mouth in gear. The biggest times I've gotten myself in trouble is when I blurted something out before thinking it. If I'd have taken a moment, I'd have been all right. But I didn't think before I spoke. James 1, 9, going back to what we've already looked at, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There's a de designation here. They go in order, first be quick to listen, then slow to speak. If you're quick to listen, you'll be slow to speak. And if you're slow to speak then you will be slow to become angry. Here's the thing. A bit and a rudder must be under a strong hand. James is saying that the only way to get control of your tongue is to let Christ have control of your heart. What's in your heart is going to come out in your mouth. 
You let Christ's hand be on your bit, your rudder, your tongue, and let him direct your life. Maybe this morning you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you need to go to your kids. I mean, Father's Day, you know, is all about fathers, giving to fathers. Well, maybe fathers, maybe we need to go to our kids and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things that I've said. I'm sorry for the way I've misused and mismanaged my tongue. Please forgive me. Maybe kids, maybe the gift for you t- today is to tell your dad or your mom, I'm sorry for the things that I've said. Maybe you're a spouse and you just need to say, I'm sorry. I'm not, as, I'm not as loving in my speech as I ought to be. Sometimes I'm cold. Sometimes I'm indifferent. Sometimes I talk harshly. Please forgive me. Ezekiel says, get rid of all your offenses you've committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we recognize that out of the same mouth, we double speak. We praise you, we thank you, and then we curse each other. Father, forgive us. Forgive us and give us a new heart. Take control, for we can't do it on our own. Help us to think before we speak. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.